Hello, this is Tom James. Thank you for listening. I, uh, I went outside today and the, uh, there's a lot of smoke in the air. There's a, a pretty a substantial uh, wildfire burning um, just west or southwest of here in an area called Medical Lake. Um, obviously, there were these terrible tragedy in Maui, and I was in both Yuba City and um, Sacramento area when the uh, fires in Paradise, fire in Paradise occurred. I also was given a hitchhiking ride from Chico to, um, no, from, sorry, from, it was Weed, California, all the way to Chico by a, a Marine Corps veteran on July 4th, um, 2021, no, 20, 2020, um, and, uh, he, his home burned down in the Paradise Fire. Anyway, um, uh, to the people that fight them, to the communities that face them, uh, and most of all to the souls that were lost to them, our prayers are with you. And I also think about the people living outside around here and uh, in other cities where there's there's these air quality issues and, and bless them as well. Uh, my my pillow. So, I I was living in Klamath Falls. It was towards the end of my stay there, and uh, there was this pizza place that I would go to occasionally when I had a, enough money um, to to eat there. Um, I would eat outside and basically, I think it was on Main Street, right as you entered the downtown area. And when you looked south, there was a, a, a mattress store, you know, we, and floor-to-ceiling windows. And I, I was sitting outside there one day, and I, I'd look across into the windows, and there's a, there's a, one of those cardboard cutout of the my pillow guy and he's standing there I think he's holding the pillow like it, it's not he's not literally holding a pillow but the cutout has him holding a pillow and I'm I don't know it was a weekend I'm guessing it was a Sunday and there's a little girl dressed up in her Sunday vest maybe you know four to five maybe six years old um and she, she walks up to the my pillow guy, like he's in the window, but there's space between him and the window. She gets in front of the window and looks up at him and starts talking to him, <laughs> she, trying to like, and she's gesticulating and I, I like, I was just, I was, it was so sweet. Um, she kind of showed imagination and innocence, and it was it was really cute. And finally, the father came over and goes. And like, like sees what she's doing. And like, you know, I could imagine him saying, "He's not real. He's just a cardboard cutout." And so it was very sweet. I left that place, and I walked. Maybe I was 
I would say in the somewhat the northern side of the city, and I walked to the fairgrounds in Klamath Falls. There's a park there, and I get to the park, and what's laying on one of the park benches? A pristine white pillow. <laughs> and I'm looking around, you know. If I could touch that thing, what's going to happen? You know, if I could try to pick it up. And I just said, no, just leave it there. I left it there. Um, but it, it was very, it was cute. Uh, the cutest thing was uh, the kid in the window, but it was it was funny to have uh, this pillow <laughs> appear on one of these park benches when I got near the... Uh, the county fairgrounds. Uh, the other cool thing near the fairgrounds, on the kind of on the in the entry area, they have old farm equipment, which I appreciated taking a look at. A couple different spud planters, and you can see the uh, the evolution, where the first spud planter just had some forks, and it would it had the till that it would go through and grab spuds if it got one. And then it had no mechanism to remove the spud once it was in the ground. It had a mechanism to, to carve a, you know, a, a small trench and then the blades to, to cover the dirt in the back. But no way to remove, the, remove the, the spud. And I think what they did was they pushed the dirt onto the spud as it was, as, the, as this wheel with all these teeth, with teeth, that were grabbing the spuds would go through the ground. And then the, the, the friction from the dirt that was getting pushed in, we grabbed the spud and take it off the, off the, um, the tines. Uh, it, you know, it's like an arm. Think of a, think of a, uh, a mill that uses you know a water wheel, and instead of paddles, it has small arms that stick up. And then think of those things that you stick in the end of uh, corn cobs, right? It basically a teeth like that. And so they would go through and grab it, and, and, but anyway, they didn't have a mechanism to push the spud off. The second, well, I don't know if it was a second gen or third gen, but it had, it had a mechanism where as it had a flap, and as the spud went, had been grabbed, and with the, with the tines, it still had like two or three tines, uh, or, or prickers to grab the spud, and as it went into the ground, it had a flap that would extend, and you could see it. You know, it's it's got this wheel of maybe you know, 18, 16 different grabbers, and, and you could see the difference in its positions and the fact that the flapper would push the, the spud off. Um, but uh, that was it. Reminded me of uh, some of the farm equipment we had. We we didn't have anything like we didn't have planting equipment. We just had a mower, a rake. A baler, uh, the baler was the most, the, the mower and the baler were, were more complex. They required more maintenance and they had, <laughs> they faced more issues at times with, with them. But I'll even include a picture of the exact, the exact model of baler that we used on my farm. I went, I went online and a while back and looked it up. Um, it was a John Deere, but uh, anyway. It was nice. To, it's it's cool to see all this old equipment at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds, where uh, or fair where we where I grew up. They always had a bunch of old farm equipment uh, on display. Uh, 
the in Oregon and specifically Klamath Falls, you could can very easily. You take cans and they give you ten cents for every can. Um, the hours were somewhat limited, but I would always, even if I wasn't going to can, I would try to find some place to recycle them. So one day I was walking pretty far south, past the fairground south on 6th Street, and um, I was going to go buy a beer, and I had an empty beer can in my pocket. Uh, so I go to the, the fridge, I grab a beer, I walk to the counter, and the, the lady says, Hey, let me step back. When the place that cans accepts cans, a re huge recycling center where you, you get you, there's often not that much of a line. It's, it's um, there's some self serve stations and then there's ones you can have an attendant help you with. Um, but the when it isn't open, someone told me at one point there's one supermarket, there's one convenience store here that will give you cash for your cans right the, at the uh, at the counter. When you're, and they'll give you cash or they'll apply it to what you're buying. And I, I was like, no way. <laughs> that doesn't, that's not real. So I go into this store with this, this, this day with, you know, I've got this nice jacket on, but you know, the can's in my pocket, the, the empties in my pocket, waiting for me to find a recycling uh, trash can. And... I bring the count the beer up to the counter, and she looks at me. And she goes, "What about the beer in your pocket?" <laughs> I said, "I like it, damn. Uh, it's empty, ma'am." She goes, "We we'll, we take it and we'll apply it against your purchase." <laughs> I was like, "This is the place," but it maybe it, it was good. I, went, I didn't use it again, but it was funny that that's how I found it, and I was. Uh, <laughs> I think we both were smiling when. Um, when she realized it was something, she could help me. Uh, she could, she could leave me of my of my empty beer can and, and give me a little bit of a discount on my purchase. Uh, same town, same road, walking north south of the the Union Pacific Rail Yard out of South Sixth Street. It was one night, and this, I don't know how it happened, but this beautiful uh, young, young woman is, is walking along the road near me, and I said hello to her. She's, she was a uh, Marine Corps, uh, she, she was a Marine Corps veteran, I don't know if, I don't know what you, anyway, she served in the Marine Corps, uh, and it was chilly that night, and she, I said, where are you heading? She goes, I'm heading into downtown, um, and I've got to go to this hotel, and I, it's a real, it's a seedy, it's a seedy, it's a seediest hotel, I think, in Klamath Falls. Um, but so, I take my jacket, I say, just wear my jacket, because it was cold. So, she had served somewhere in the, the southeast, I don't, someone would say, you know, they would probably know if they were the Marines, which, Marines where she was serving. But anyway, I, I walk her all the way to the um, to this hotel. It's on this steep hill. I had met somebody there before. His name was Cowboy. Uh, I didn't know 
who she was going to see. I just, you know, it was nice talking to her, um, and I was just like, hey, what, you, what else? What else do you have to do? Walk this beautiful woman uh, uh, to to her, uh, you know, destination. And so I get there, and this guy cowboy's there. I don't know if he came out or whatever. And then somebody pulls up in a car, and she goes and talks to him. It looks seedy. I I don't care. And but cowboy had met me before, and so he's. I'm just like, I'm like. This woman was walking along. I was concerned about, you know, getting her here, and so she, I said, I looked, before I left, I looked at the cowboy, and I said, give me your word that she's safe here, and and, and wherever you know she she'll get it, she'll get where she needs to go. I think, I think she was trying to. It turned out I think she was trying to meet somebody to get a, a ride somewhere else, but he said, you have my word. And I thanked him and, and left. Uh, before. I left. She came up to me and she goes, "Hey, go down to the street and take a left." And there's there's a there's a, and I knew where she was talking about. There's a, there's a fire escape where you can go up to the top. She goes, "That top door at that apartment is going to be unlocked." I don't know why they did it. They may have done it because people smoke. I don't know. There's a beautiful. It's it's not like a tiny fire escape. I mean, the platforms probably. And each level is like, I don't know, 15 by 15. But so, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And you, so I just, I go up each floor. None of the doors are unlocked. I got checked them. I went smart, but I did this. Uh, I, I probably got up to the, the top floor, six or seven floor. And lo and behold, she told me. She goes, yeah, the, 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 the top door's gonna be open. You just go in there, sleep. And I said, no fucking way. I get there. The door op- the door opens. I went in there, and it's all these apartments. I didn't get, you know, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I mean, it was, I, I wasn't planning to steal anything. But if there was a couch there, you know, in a, in a common area, I mean, I sat down for a few minutes. <laughs> Maybe not at all. <laughs> but I, I, I go back out on the, 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 the landing for the, for the uh, fire escape, um, and I just stood there because it was inc- it's an incredible view out over the over the lake there, and somebody shows up, somebody comes out of the apartment. What are you doing here? I go, ah, oh, it's funny. I go, it's not, it may sound crazy, but somebody told me that this door would be unlocked and I, there might be a place for me to, to sleep. <laughs> He goes, you can't be here. You have to leave. If you, if you ever come back, I'm calling the cops. I go, sir, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm leaving in, in uh, um, you know, uh, you know, have a good night. So I just went back down and left. When they first had proposed and, and passed this, um, Legislation to, to forgive student loans. I, I thought to myself, that's, that's genius. Why? Because like somebody like Bernie Sanders had been saying free college. You, know, you know, no one should have to pay for college. Um, if they want to go and, and they can get in, they, they sh- like, you know, we should pay for it. But you know, it wasn't. 
It wasn't, you know, it's not some mainstream legislation that you could pass. But what did they do? They said, fuck, we're going to just forgive all these loans. So for a certain generation, you could say, you know, college, we made it almost free. <laughs> I mean, not, but it was, a, I thought it was a, uh, an interesting approach to achieving uh, these goals. And I, I can't even, I, there's no way Bernie Sanders wasn't involved in, in drafting that. <laughs> um, so what happens? I, I, I thought, that, yeah, that's an interesting way to give uh, kids, you know, free college. Uh, and so, what do they do? They sue. And and it gets. I was just like, whoever, 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 came up with the the structure and the idea to sue, and and the justices approved it. It's like, go to. Go to the pearly gates and go tell them that it, it, it just you, you you stamp this fucking idea and you own it. I'm like, it just it's not. We have better things to do with our time than be suing uh, and rescinding uh, college student loan forgiveness. And I said, you know what the the college students should say? I'm a conscientious objector. And you cannot unforgive. No, that, I don't think that's the right way to think about it. It's, my faith will not allow me to have my student loans unforgiven. You cannot unforgive. My faith says so. I'm, I, I'm not paying these loans, and you can't come after me and damage my credit because you cannot, I cannot be unforgiven for my loans. Try it. I would. I would go with it. Start it. Start. Talk to some people. Get get a, get a group together, and everyone say, "My faith does not allow me to be unforgiven." Two final things. <clears throat> um, I've been wearing this watch that my sister and brother-in-law bought me when I was in Seattle. It counts steps. <clears throat> Eventually, I was having problems. I would try to use the the light. Um, at night to view the display and stopped working um, and eventually the battery basically went kaput and I went to contact one I tried to contact Casio and was on hold for way longer than it should have taken uh, then I contacted a jewelry store that I'd been to before to ask about uh, changing the band on the watch Anyway, I, I went to the jewelry store that I walk by almost every day, the Jewelry Design Center, um, and I went and I said, hey, is it possible? It's under warranty. It's within three years. Can you, can you swap out the battery for me? And they did. I was very thankful. No charge, uh, which I, I intimated was my expectation when I handed the watch to them and explained the issue. Um, but I... Uh, it was much appreciated. I was walking by the store today um, around... There's a side where I saw the beaver and the, the praying mantis that I had pictures of in the last podcast. Um, and I looked in... But I, was, I was walking around the other side, the uh, northern side of the building. And I look in, and there's this beautiful woman sitting uh, at... It looks... I think it's the area where they had the rings. 
and and then there was a gentleman that was with her facing away from me. So her and she caught her my eyes caught and I just smiled and I just kept walking. I was thinking <laughs> Are you guys just finished shopping? Because I am <laughs> It so sounds so stupid, but I was there's something that I was like Every woman that is beautiful, every woman that is, is beautiful, that is beautiful. Last but not least, I got to Spokane, November 7th, 2021, and the downtown library was closed. So they said, go to the one up in Shadow Park. I got there, I was like, this library is beautiful. I sent, a, I sent a picture to my family, and one of my sisters commented, that, that library is beautiful. I, I know. Thank God they, they finished it before I got here. <laughs> but the main point is, I'm thankful for the resource, uh, which I've said previously, uh, but it was a great investment. Uh, and my feeling after being in several of these uh, renovated uh, libraries is it was an investment in the children of Spokane. They had beautiful areas for children to, to play. Uh, you often see, you know, kids, they don't leave without a, a, a cluster of books in their arms. Uh, they yell at their parents and throw tantrums when they can't get that sixth or seventh book um, because they've taken out too many already. <laughs> Um, it's a good sign, and I, I say, there's this phrase, like, eat it up, or like, even, even in sports, they'll have people be like, feed me, feed me, like a running back, give me the ball, but m most importantly, eat it up, you know, no, read it up, uh, it's, it's intellectual nourishment, and it's great to see, uh, and thank you again.